All right, welcome back to a serious series of utmost importance, the series. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Tom. I'm the other host. I'm Neil. Neil, what are we talking about? Today, we are talking about... I was trying to think of a funny thing, but I couldn't. We're just talking about Mistborn, the first epic fantasy series that Brendan Sanderson wrote. Yeah, and specifically, I, I think we talk about era one is that what it's called yes yeah yeah era one of mistborn so the mistborn the final empire is book one the well of ascension is book two and the hero of ages is book three yeah and have you read the you've read part of the era two did you finish it no i'm uh halfway through i've just finished the second era two book a couple days ago i just started the third one yesterday okay so what what would you how would you describe Mistborn if you were trying to get someone interested in it and this person doesn't read fantasy? And try not like to it, sound man. like a nerd. <laughs> I don't I probably wouldn't recommend it to that person. Yeah, it's a pretty fantasy not. book. Yeah. Um how how would I describe it without sounding like a nerd? Okay. <clears throat> I don't know if I can. It's a trilogy about a young woman who female protagonist. That's in. <laughs> um who has special powers and they plan a heist against God. Yeah. That's a great... I like that. That sounds cool. And that's what it is. Yeah. The first one. I f- in in reading the... Like, in prepping for this episode, I watched a couple interviews with Brandon Sanderson. And the genesis of, like, the Mistborn uh, concept is actually really interesting. And it... So you you said you haven't you waited between finishing the first era and you haven't started yeah. the second era yet, right? Because you heard right. it was very different. Yep. And it is very different. But that's on that's like the core of the series. So he actually pitched it when he pitched the series as well initially uh what if, you know, Voldemort or Sauron won. Yeah. And then what happens after that so that was the concept of the first era but the world it was pitched as a trilogy of trilogies where the world in the background changes so mm-hmm. era one happens and then set uh, an, the second trilogy would be in the modern age where like the first era's characters and stories have sort of become uh lore and and like history and then the third era was going to be uh, like essentially sci-fi mixed with fantasy where the oh. fantasy magic systems have been made into sciences essentially and then it's like space space, uh, space opera wow. so he pitched it as a trilogy of trilogies where the world changes so that was the core of the concept is that is the third trilogy still the plan with it so I think 
I think it's actually going to be four eras and wow. it's not going to be trilogies necessarily. So era one was yeah. a trilogy. Era two was actually sort of just a side project he started working on that ended up being four books long because he's Brennan Sanderson. Yeah. But it he, he didn't initially intend to do like a steampunk type of right. era, but it sort of just grew out of him wanting to write something like that. So oh, the modern so... era is still going to be the next one. Oh, okay. So I thought that was supposed to be the modern era, but it's not even. He's still going to do more like 21st century, I guess. Yeah, he was like in describing his concept. He said like a SWAT team of Alamancers like breaks down a door and like shoots machine guns and stuff as as, like something that could happen in the modern era. Wow. That's amazing. Interesting. We've said it so many times, but it's crazy how much this guy writes. Like, he's planning all this stuff on Mistborn. You have complete confidence that he's going to do at least that, if not more. Yeah. <laughs> that will probably develop. Plus all the Stormlight stuff. And then he comes out with, like, four new books this year in addition That's to That's true, the Secret Projects. Stuff, which is nuts. Yeah, I, I think only one too. or two of the secret projects are supposed to be related to the Cosmere, though. Yeah, that's okay. That I have you... to reread the Stormlight books because I do not remember any of them. I don't think you need to reread it. It would be way too much time, and I think, I I think for the last one, I did like a. Maybe I like to look at some YouTube videos or something just as like a refresher. Mm-hmm. But the good thing about Sanderson is he, have you noticed this? Because so many of his books are series, he will sprinkle in little reminders in the first few chapters and kind of re-explain stuff. And you're like, oh yeah, that's right. Like he'll re-explain how the magic works. <clears throat> really just yeah. the, all the bare minimum that you need to refresh your memory. Which yeah, before really the Sander Lanch just... comes in at the end. The what? The Sander Lanch. What? How all his sto- so all his stories, all his oh, novels crescendo. Yeah. Into like this one point, like there maybe I feel like his books have a tendency, definitely with Stormlight, is the first half is a little slow, right? And then just all the plot threads like coalesce into the Sander Lanch. And right, then it just, and like, then it goes. Stop. It goes like from character to character, and they all climax at once. Yeah. So on that, I was thinking about Mistborn today. I was surprised how much I liked the series. I really what? liked. Well, I really liked Stormlight a lot, and for some reason, my expectation going in Mistborn was that I was gonna like it but not like it as much as Stormlight and I feel like I feel like it did at least get to that level of Stormlight of enjoyment um just in terms of enjoyment right like it was fun read like really cool uh I think I still like Stormlight maybe a little more it was the first Sanderson book I read and so like being exposed to Sander Sander Lanch the first time was like, holy shit, this is 
insane. Yeah. And then it's like kind of the same <laughs> all the books. It's still fun. I th- yeah, I think I may agree with you that Stormlight is a better series. But what's nice is that this is so different, but still somewhat connected. So you can yeah, you know, like them on their own merits. I actually yep. Mistborn was the first uh, Sanderson thing I read. Oh right. I read the first Mistborn novel. I read part of the second Mistborn novel, and then I think I just got busy, and then I like forgot about yeah. the series. And so then I ended up reading Stormlight many years later. And it wasn't until a couple months ago that I, at your recommendation, went back to reading Mistborn. Yeah. And then I finished it. And I can't remember, like, when I finished the second book, I was like, I have no idea why I didn't finish this series. I love this. <laughs> so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I think it was just like, uh, yeah, I was just wasn't in the mood for like a big fantasy world at whatever point I was initially reading it. It's a lot to, even these ones are short by fantasy standards, but they're still like 500, 600 page books. Yeah. Well, Some they're short by Sanderson more. standards too. Cause the, yeah. uh, the Stormlight books are like thousand pages. Yeah. I do think that Stormlight is more impressive. Like, it's a thousand pages. It keeps you interested for a thousand pages. There's more characters. The world's yeah. bigger. It's a lot of balls to juggle at once, and he does a good job. But in terms of pure enjoyment, like, they're both amazing. Yeah. The, the magic systems and the plotting of the Mistborn books were really impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Like when some of the when some of the twists happen. Yeah. It's like, oh, holy shit! But also, yeah, think, it's been so well well um, foreshadowed that it it makes total sense. Yeah, I think we talked about this. Like every all three of the books did not go in the direction I thought. That, like by the end of the book, I was like, I did not think that, that was going to happen. Well, what? So, what did you think would happen in book one? Well. I knew it was a trilogy. What was surprising was that, so like you said, the god of the world, the Lord Ruler, who's like the evil emperor and god, they kill him. <laughs> Which you think is yeah. like, he's the, you think he's the main bad guy of the whole series. Nope. Not, not at all. That yeah, so and cool. it's really interesting. By the end, he was a bad guy, but he actually was not the main bad guy. And they... And- unleashed the main bad guy by killing him exactly and and you also are like oh damn yeah he was kind of a bad guy but he was trying to prevent this worst thing from happening a worse out the end yeah. of the world yeah uh that was amazing like that was totally unexpected that yeah and then um, what else book two how did you expect it to go Oh, I'll just add on book one. I didn't think that Kelsier was going to die. <laughs> like, he was the main character. I mean, yeah. no, we've, well, we've read Game of Thrones. He and Vin so were like co-main pre- main characters, I'd say. Yeah, Vin and Kelsier. Yeah. And also, I appreciated in book one how um, how morally complex they made Kelsier. Vin is more like a straightforward um, mm-hmm. like protagonist. You root for her. She doesn't really do anything wrong. Kelsier, kind of manipulative. Yeah. Like you end justify the means type of guy. Yeah. 
Yeah, so he's he's sort of he's more morally gray. Like I remember that one scene in the um in the caverns when he's mm-hmm. uh, when he uses Alamancy to make a regular soldier think that like he can grant them special powers, and I was thinking, oh, that's kind of shitty of him. Yeah, and then they believe that they have special powers, and then they and then they all go get killed. They, they all die. They yeah. fight a battle that they don't need to do, and it ruins the whole plan. Yeah. And then, like, they introduce in that book that Vin can pierce copper clouds, I think. Right. And and it's not until three books later when they dive more into hemallergy that they explain why that is. And I thought that was really cool. Okay. Why uh, is that again? So Vin's little sister was a, uh, like, who, who her mom killed when she was an infant was a, oh. uh, well, I forget the name of the the bronze people yeah but she's a bronze misting and finn's mom kills her and i think the metal that she used to pier- like to kill the sister is the uh, is the earring yeah, that she gives to vin and so that's why she has she the has hemallergic power. power with bronze and that's why ruin can talk to her in the third book that was me that was a really cool yeah revelation that was like awesome that was one of the best ones i know that was one of the best ones and then at the end of book two when the text is changed yeah and and you realize that like everything that they're basing everything off of is fake yeah that was wild that was yeah yeah the more we talk about this i'm like this is such a good (laughs) series yeah um, how did you expect book two to go? You said you didn't expect it to go. And book two, yeah, I mean, so book two, so book one was like a heist, right? Kind of central mm-hmm. around a heist. Book two, they were under siege the whole time. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Book two was when they're in Luthadel, Luthadel. and and then all uh, three armies dad and, surrounding them. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess I didn't. First of all, I didn't expect it to be like they're under siege the whole time. But I don't know. At the end of that book, what was surprising? I mean, the big twist was what you're talking about, right? Where they've been manipulated the whole time. And you think that the Lord Ruler was twisted and killed the hero of ages, Alendi. And because of that, the world is a much worse place, right? Mm-hmm. But you realize that actually Ruin was trying to get Alendi to go to the well of ascension and un- unleash him. And by killing mm-hmm. Alendi, the Lord Ruler prevented the end of the world, basically. Yeah. And a lot of bad stuff happened after that, but the world didn't end. And so now you think, well, now Vin is going to do the right thing and not take the power for herself and let it go. And yeah, that, and she does that immediately. Ruin is yeah, like, that was I'm wild. Free. Like the, the, the thing that you've been building to in the background for two books of like, like you know, not selfishly it. using the power, that ended up being the thing that was Dude's... the wrong thing to do. Yeah. So selfishness. That's what yeah. the message of the book is. Be selfish. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what would they, have been I the best was... thing? To just leave it alone? 
I think the best thing would have been to leave it alone or to use it to to save Ellen. Oh yeah. That's what the shadow was doing when it tried yes. to when it killed Ellen. In the spirit. Yeah. Uh well, the spirit was uh was preservation, preservation, right? Yeah. It's spirit or something. That kind of confused yeah. me where it was like there's a mind, a body, and a spirit. Um the other twist in book two that I liked was that the well of ascension was under them the whole time. And yes. they like you think it's about to you think it's about to be like this epic journey where they like go to the mountains. Right. right. And actually it's just like, oh oops, actually we just You're wasted a lot of time going this way. Let's go back. That's a good point. Yeah, I, I expected them to make a journey to Terrace and find the well of ascension, which would have been cool, but it was But cool it's already been done. It's already been done. Lord of the Rings. It's that's yeah. the whole point. Um, book three, then. Oh, and the end of book two, that Marsh is evil. That was a twist. Yes. Well, he's not evil. He is being made to do evil is a twist. Yeah. I really liked the character. I liked Marsh as a bad guy. Mm -hmm. Because you really had, like at different points in the book, you really had no idea if he was... Good or bad. I also loved Sazed hulking out in <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was one of the best characters too, right? Yeah, yeah. So what's in um jumping ahead to book three, I uh I did the same thing I did with Stormlight where I was reading the audiobooks. Michael Kramer reads these audiobooks without Kate Redding, who reads the uh they read the Stormlight books together. But so Michael Kramer's voice for Sezed, you know how at the beginning of each chapter, they uh, there's like a little bit of text from whatever yeah. document that is about that book. So in the first chapter of the Hero of Ages, the text at the beginning of the chapter is like, unfortunately, I am the Hero of Ages. He says that in Sezed's voice. So all of the pre-chapter uh, things are Sezed's voice. So I kind of suspected the whole time that it would end up being Sezed. That's kind of, why did they do that? <laughs> Yeah, I kind of wish he hadn't done that. That was kind of... You should have just done it in a regular voice. You should have just done it in a regular voice. But, I mean, if you weren't paying attention to it or, like, sus suspecting, then you probably wouldn't yeah. think about it. Um, But, yeah, no, I think I figured it out. <laughs> Damn. That's, the that's funny. I didn't know that. Other twists in book three... Um. The ATM being the body of ruin. Yeah. And then preservation and the mists trying to make ATM mistings by making people cool. sick and killing them. Yeah. That was cool. I would say book three, the whole ending was like not what I expected. Like you would yeah. have thought it was going to look really bad, but they would save the world. I guess they kind of did. But they basically, yeah. like, not in the way you would have expected, right? I I didn't expect Vinner and Ellen to die. They both died. No, yeah. I wouldn't have expected Sazed to be the hero of ages, yeah. but he yeah, was. Yeah. That was um, a big shock. What else? Oh, um, Spook. They actually made him a character in the third book, and that was pretty good. Which was cool. I liked his... Yeah. I liked his chapters. I mean, again, like book one was more heist, book two was siege. 
spooks chapters and this one he felt like it felt like um like uh what's his name john lacar novel like where he's like a spy in like a city you know undercover he has to hide but he has like this love interest and yeah he's kind of and and they give him they give him the pewter powers and you're like thinking oh that's cool and then kelsier can talk to him (laughs) yeah he's like yeah the whole Um, hemallergy thing was that was really cool i mean the fact that uh also with vin that this whole time when she's been hearing her brother's voice in the back of her head oh yeah some of the time like that was ruined taking the form of her brother and sowing Um, these seeds it's such a well plotted book yeah because like the the twists and these like little revelations they're they're not just coming out of nowhere they've like been there from the very like first chapter of the first book yes I remember when and he only like reveals a little bit of information in each book, but then like by the end when he reveals it all, it all fits together. It perfectly. ties together. Yeah. I remember when I finished it, I was like, I want to go back to the first book and reread when Vin defeats the Lord Ruler because remember she like in the first book she's able to draw on the mist and then she just can't do it again until very yeah because her ring gets knocked out or her earring yes. gets knocked out and it's yeah. like something you don't notice at all when you first read the book and you're like oh yeah. she's like pissed off that or it's like an emotional thing but the earring is preventing her from taking on the power of preservation that's just so cool when you go back and you're like oh damn it all it all holds up it all ties together yeah and each book also focuses on one of the different three like metal things yeah i guess what do you call them like metal uh, magics metal yeah. magic systems so the first one is allomancy the second one is uh ferrochemy and the third one is hemallergy yeah and you don't really like even get introduced to what hemallergy is until book three right like you see it being used but it's not really like explained at all do you see it getting used is it with like the inquisitors yeah so like in the first book um there's all these dead bodies around where Marsh is last seen. Yeah. And that's because the Inquisitors are getting, the like, the Mistings are getting killed and the Spikes are putting yeah. into the Inquisitors. And that's why it's so, and they say in the book, like, it's so messy to make an Inquisitor. And that's because they have yes. to kill, like, ten people to get all the different powers. Yeah. And then they introduce Chandra at the end of uh, yeah. of book one. And they don't really... And you they learn dive a little into it more book in book two. two. And then they dive into it a lot in book three. Yeah. And same same with Kolos. Like they're mentioned yeah. in book one. They're a big part of book two. And then like their nature is revealed you in book three as well related to hemallergy. Yeah. yeah. It's it's just cool. Kolos were a cool monster concept where they never stop growing. And they yeah. start off with all this extra skin, and then by the end, it's like ripping apart. I thought that was just yeah a cool monster to imagine. Also, one of my favorite Ellen scenes when he uh, when he like find is leaving the camp and just like kills a small coloss, and they're all like looking at him, being like, and he's just like, he he took my sword or something like that. <laughs> like, oh, oh yeah, he yeah. ate my horse. He ate my <laughs> horse. <laughs> And they're all like, oh, yeah, yeah, makes sense. <laughs> Ellen was a surprisingly better character than I would have expected. 
Yeah. In book one, he was kind of just, I don't know. It, it, his it, All the characters' arcs, I'd say, the main characters' arcs, were well-developed and surprising in where they went. Like yeah. book one, Elland, he's just kind of a, a idealistic nobleman. Yeah. Book two, Elland, he's the king, and he's still idealistic, but then he like loses his idealism. Uh, I really liked his arc in book two. I thought it was the best one. Like having yeah. a... Yeah, getting out of the idealism, being like, I have to make hard choices, realistic things. That and learning how to like be regal. Yeah. I thought that was... From character development, I think that was one of my favorite arcs in I agree. this. And it reminded but... me of um, Stormlight. Uh, Dalinar. Adolin. Oh, okay. Where, well, just where he's like learning to be not the like general anymore, but like... And just being like kind of all about war, but like how do I actually leave and blah blah blah, all that stuff. And like diplomacy and stuff, yeah. And diplomacy and yeah, but I think I liked both of those character arcs for that reason. It was interesting. Ellen's arc in book three then is um, what is his arc in book three? He he's now a badass uh, mistborn. Oh yeah, he beca- he's, he's really strong. Book two, becomes a mistborn because he, he has the pure mistborn. source of yeah, yeah, whatever that bead is. I guess it's preservation's body, right? Oh yeah, yeah, I think it is. Um, I thought that was cool that he's like not very practiced, but he's just stronger because he has like each generation you lose a little bit of. The, yeah, the potency. Plus, narratively, it was good because then he could still be like useful in a fight. Yeah. Rather than redoing Vin's arc in book one of learning how to be an alamancer. Right, right. And then, uh, him. I I think he's the one who figures out that everyone is like half the army is ATM mistings, and then they all just yes. like spend the last battle eating ATM. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because the. The guy, what's his name? Yeoman. He doesn't. He realize yeah. he's also an ATM mistake or yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a great revelation um, too. Vin's arc in book one is learning to be an Alamancer. Vin's arc in book two is kind of Choosing. weirdly falling in love with Ellen's half brother and then killing him, and then <laughs> but not being the knight, right? Or like, or like either accepting yeah, that yeah. or not. Only yes, accepting that she's like a weapon of mass destruction, basically, but like yeah. that's not all she is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And book three, I don't know. So much plot happens in book three that I feel like the character there's development. Some, there's less character the development. Books. Yeah. Except for Spook, he really only had character development in book three. Right. Sazed had character development the whole time. Sazed's arc is really interesting. Yeah. First More book, so in book two and three, I would say. Yeah. First book, he's just kind of there, and like you get introduced to Ferrochemy a little bit. Second book, he's he falls in, falls love, in love, and then like third book, he's just having a crisis of faith the whole time. Yeah. And then he becomes God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was oh, really. Oh, the Chandra. Okay, the Chandra was <laughs> the Chandra was maybe the one thing where I was like, it was still cool. Felt a little jump in the shark a little bit where it was kind of shoehorned Which in there. Part? 
the con- just I mean it was interesting to me to like discover their whole civilization and stuff. Mm-hmm. But um and maybe it was okay cuz I guess you learn about the Colossus more in book 2 and then you learn about the Condra in book 3 more. Mm-hmm. But like that they have this whole civilization underneath <laughs> like the the pits of Hathsend. Yeah. Um well so the in fair, I who they are, I can yeah. see where you're coming from that it's a slightly weaker aspect of book three, but it was also still all like foreshadowed in the first two books. Like they talk about the contracts and all that, yeah, and in book one and book two. And also, one of the best twists of book two is that Tensoon killed Orisur uh, and has yeah. been imitating Orisur the whole time, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was cool. So, Condra, um, the first generation of Condra were Lord Ruler's friends, right? Not not his like servants, yeah. His servants. And the whole point was Oh oh no yeah, his friends. His friends that uh like they were went with on their ascension. Yeah. And there he made them into Chandra to protect the the ATM, right? Like, I think he made them into Chandra because he didn't want to kill them. And they would have known his true nature. Oh, right. And so he needed like a way to control them. Or I may be misremembering that. You're right. That was part of it. Because his secret, he needed to keep it a secret that he was both an Elemancy yeah. and Ferrugamist. But then they also, like their homeland is the Pits of Hathsend where yeah. all of the ATM is and ruin he's unable to see it there's like the metal right the, yeah like he can't metal? see through metal yeah he can't detect it and so it's an ideal place to be to hide everything yeah so all the, the ATM that they've been looking for in the first two books okay ends up being where the ATM is mined, which is also another <laughs> cool twist. Yeah. It was there the whole time. Um, I liked that, though. Like, that and, like, the Well of Ascension is in Luth- Luthadel. It's like, you don't really have to go anywhere. Like, all this stuff is here. Like, And it, and it makes yeah. sense, too. It's like, the Lord Ruler wanted all this stuff to be close so he could keep an eye on it and not have it in a place where no one is guarding it, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> of the of the non the characters we haven't talked about yet, I think are mostly just the the crew mm-hmm. from the first book. So Docs, Clubs, Breeze, and Ham. Who's the worst of them? <laughs> And why is it Docs? Yeah, I was going to say Docs. I don't know. I was kind of confused. That was the one character where it felt like he didn't really have much to add. And he was actually Kelsier's right-hand man. And yet, he seemed the least... He seemed to have the least amount of depth to his character. Even clubs had more depth. Yeah, so Docs in book one made more sense and like he was sort of keeping Kelsier in check and then yeah he was helping administrate in book two 
Yeah. I didn't really, uh, I just wasn't like, oh no, Dox is dead when he dies. It was more like, no. okay, I was well, now sad. we don't have to like interact with Dox anymore. Yeah, I was more sad that Clubs died, and he at least got yeah. a on-screen death. Yeah. And um, Breeze and Ham are both really good characters. I like them. Uh, Ham is just eternal optimist, kind of nice guy to have around. And uh, Thug, so... And Breeze is a prick. Breeze is a prick, but he's kind of funny. Yeah. So whenever you get around to reading Era 2, and this isn't like a spoiler because it's like one, the main character, one of the main characters uh, is a descendant of Breeze. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So his uh, House Ladrian is Breeze's house. House Ladrian, okay. Yeah. So the main character is uh, Waxillium Ladrian of Era 2. Okay. Uh, yeah, this is making me want to read, read that book for sure. Honestly, you should read Era 2. And from, from hearing, from what we've talked about so far, I can tell that you haven't been spoiled of the big, like, twist that happens in Era 2. And you should just read them and not read anything else about Mistborn until you finish book three of Era 2. Okay, okay, I'll do that. And then yeah. I'm really curious what your thoughts are going to be. Okay, I'll probably start reading it again soon. And they are shorter books, just good. They are, That's yeah. Um, um, I also just on book three. Uh, going back to Spooks, part. I did think that was really cool. It did. There was a whole thing with the citizen, which was interesting, and that sort of like a dark mirror to Kelsier. Yeah, exactly. Um, They both were him and Spook. Were both kind of saw themselves as prophets of Kelsier, and actually, they both probably really. I guess from Spook's perspective, you think that the citizen is a just a liar, right? And mm-hmm. but you find out he actually has the hemorrhagy too, right? There's a spike that's gone through him as well, and so yeah. he's probably also hearing Kelsier's voice that's telling him to do other stuff. Yeah, which is really really cool. The character, the the bad guys are morally complex, right? Even the Lord Ruler, and you actually have yeah. some empathy or sympathy for the Lord Ruler by the end. You're some like, sympathy, and also like you can see his perspective, like compared yeah. to who the big bad of the series actually is, who is an evil god, right? It it's like okay, well he maybe he wasn't as bad. Yeah, and when you at the end, when you kind of, or I guess it's not the end. I think it's in the texts with each chapter but you hear like Sazed's perspective he's like oh well the lord ruler actually did mean well but just because you get all the powers of the god of a god doesn't mean you know what to do with it so you know the, the problem in the lord ruler's day was the deepness which was the mist yeah and he tried once he got the power of, I guess, at the Well of Ascension, he moved the planet 
closer to the sun to burn off the mist. And then oh, it was yeah, too yeah, hot. Oh, yeah, that whole thing was very cool, too. And then he had to create the ash mounts to cloud out the sky. And then he had to make plants that could... So that, I, that was so cool, because you think, like, oh, anyone who has the power of a god will just make, you know... If you had yeah, the power, the power of, god, of a god, you think you could... Of a god. Exactly. Um, and so, and I think it all happened within a very short amount of time, I guess. Yeah. Is how it and then seem. going off of that, then also Seized knew how to fix everything only because of, he had the collected knowledge of exactly. all of humanity before him. Right. And right. That, that was like a really cool Chekhov's gun of all the keepers have yes. all of the knowledge that they can, but they can only access a little bit at a time. Yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, I don't think anything in Stormlight has come close to this tight of plotting. No. It's it. I will say it's harder to compare because we don't know the end yet of Stormlight. That's true. Um, and because these books are shorter, and we we've read we read them all, like one after the other. Mm-hmm. But I still kind of agree. Like these are super tight; they hold together, and it makes sense too. When didn't he? I think he like re- wrote them all at the same time, or at least maybe yeah, I think he, he wrote them one after the other. Yeah, so he could go back and change stuff and make it all hold up together. Yeah, probably. So. Now he's like writing a, a Stormlight book, and then a, yeah. a Wax and Wayne book, and then another book, and then another, yeah. book, and then another Stormlight book. Yeah, he he. After he finished Hero of Ages, is when he got hired to finish the Wheel of Time books. Actually, oh okay. So this like the Mistborn trilogy after this is when he became like big. Yeah, this was his breakthrough. Yeah, he had one book before this, which was Elantris, which I haven't read yet, Me but either. I've heard that's actually kind of the weakest of all of his books. His writing isn't as good. Okay. But it's still you, a you read War, book, so you read Warbreaker, right? Or no? I have Warbreaker, and I will read it at some yeah. point. It's good, but it's, I haven't yet. Yeah, I don't think it's as good as Mistborn or Stormlight, but it's enjoyable. It's like its own thing, self-contained. So it's good book. Whenever, whenever the Cosmere is done, I'm sure there'll be an ideal reading order for everything, but. Yeah. The the Stormlight books feel like the Cosmere meta books. Yeah. Like in the sense that oh, all of like all of the crossover characters end up being part of the Stormlight books. Like what the the teacher from uh like Kaladin Sword Teacher is the main character of Warbreaker, apparently. He's one of them. Yeah, and then oh, have you read War? Another character. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And another character. From the one of the main characters is Azure, who is kind of like a side character in one of the books they meet and um, and they go into the whatever I forget like the Spren world. Yeah, yeah. Oh, was I there anyone that. from Mistborn? No one from Mistborn was in. Read Era 2. Okay, okay. Can we talk about Hoyd? Yeah. 
We can talk about Hoyt. He's not in any Mistborn book. He's only mentioned in book three. No, I don't think that's true. <laughs> uh, you want to say hi to Tom? So. Okay, hi. I wasn't sure if it was if it was Sonic or if it was just Nemo. No, it's both Sonic and Nemo. Okay. Hi. How's it going? I don't know if you can hear. Oh, she can hear you. I have the headphones in. Tom says hi. Oh, hello. He says, "How's it going?" She she said the same thing. She's she's doing well. Good. Um. Wait, so is Hoyd seen yeah. in, book, in Mr. I Hoyd? think so. He, do you remember in the first book where Kelsier goes to a, like, informant? And it's, yes. he, like, is that Hoyd? Him. It's Hoyd. Oh. Yeah, it's, he's, like, very, and then also, I think in the second, in, in the, the third, third book. book Vin almost yes. goes to see Hoyd, but then she, she gets a bad does. feeling and turns around. Yeah. Which I don't really get why that was, but um, he was kind of in it. Anyway. <laughs> I don't know if there's any spoiler. Um, I One of the other things in watching the Sanderson interviews is that Hoyd like he he wanted to write like a big overarching Cosmere thing. He wasn't sure because he was like a new author if he would ever be allowed to do that. So his so he just added Hoyd cameos to his early books and that was like the extent of the Cosmere connection. Yeah. Like he had this idea in the background that uh of Adenalsium and and all that, which I actually don't think I fully understood until I read about it in prepping for this episode. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, his his only uh his only like connectivity between his universes was just Hoyd. So Adenalsium I think they mention it in one of the Stormlights, right? They do, in yeah. They mention one? it for the first time in No, they they mention it for one of the first time in Mistborn actually. Uh... in in uh, I think the Well of Ascension or Hero of Ages. Okay. So Adenalsium is the original god. Yes. And then he's shattered a long time ago into 16 into, shards. Like ruin, preservation. Um, yeah, the shards represent aspects of him. So ruin is his entropy. Yeah. Preservation, I guess, is his sense of preservation. And then in the Stormlight books, it's Odium and Honor, right? And the third one is Cultivation. Cultivation. I don't know what the others are. I don't know. Um, I don't know if it's mentioned in Warbreaker. There are like god creatures, but not. I don't think there's anything as big. So I guess there's okay. a lot more. Apparently, Tress in the Emerald Sea has uh, has some big Cosmere implications. I heard it was good. One of my friends I heard it was good it too. Said he liked it. Honestly, I think I could probably just spend the entire year reading Sanderson books, and I still maybe wouldn't catch up. Yeah. To me, it's more 
like I stop reading it because I'm like I w- I don't want to like burn through it so fast. I want to I want to like pause and then <laughs> just make it last longer. I guess that's so. Yeah, I get that perspective, but also when I wait too long between like these things, I don't remember the connections. Yeah. Like reading book four of Stormlight, I feel like I should have reread the first three books and then also have finished Mistborn and also have read Warbreaker and stuff. I feel like I was just missing, not getting as much out of the book. That's true. I wish I had read at least Warbreaker before um, Stormlight to be like, oh, I mean, I don't know. It doesn't matter that much, but yeah, it doesn't matter that much. It's more just like, I don't know. It's just fun. Yeah. It makes it more slightly more fun. That's that's the only reason like these connected universes are interesting. Yeah. So is there every time I go on these Wikipedia articles, they sometimes say there's like a movie or a TV show or video game, but I've never apparently seen apparently there's actually. a Mistborn RPG, but like like a board game or something, or like I assume it was a video game. But nope, it's an it's a from the Wikipedia. It's a pen and paper role playing game. So like Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, that's just one one step too far for me to, yeah. to get into. We're not nerds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. There's not a video game. Apparently, there have been a couple of scripts for Mistborn books. I mean, Mistborn movies, but nothing has gone off the ground. Right. I had, um, oh, okay, well, according to GameInformer.com, Brandon Sanderson says he's working on a video game. Okay. Oh, it's in his State of the Sanderson thing. Oh, wait, that was from a year ago, so I don't know. He does does a yearly State of the Sanderson around the time of his birthday. (laughs) Yeah. I haven't really, um... Watched many interviews with him. Are they interesting? It's it's the same as like just reading what he writes on his blog. He's like a very open yeah. writer. Nothing. There's nothing like you get more specifically out of watching an interview with him. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't watch anything or Google anything because I want you to just burn through the first three Era 2 books, and then you can do whatever you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I won't do anything. Um, so this is not Sanderson-related, but just given how prolific he is, what's your latest feelings on George R. <laughs> George R. R. Martin and whether the next book will ever come out? Forget about the series. I think the next book will come out. I think it'll be bad. Really? Yeah. Like worse than uh, Feast for Crows? No, Feast for Crows was a different type of bad because it took out half the characters. Yeah. I think um, nothing that takes whatever how long it's been like 10 years to write no. for 
just like a novel. Like I get that it's an intricately plotted novel, but there's there's clearly some big story problems. And then he saw he must have seen the reception to the show. So if that was his planned ending, he's probably trying to change some stuff around, mm. and that's going to cause more problems. I actually, do you think like if that if the ending from the show, let's just say there is no show, mm-hmm. or like they waited to make the show until the series was complete and book. Do you think that would have been a good ending on book if I it think... was more taken more taken its time? Yes, I think that would have been fine. Like I have nothing against Daenerys being evil, and like if they if they had a good showing of how that happened of like over a course of a book or two, like all these little things, exactly. like little decisions she make lead her to essentially be another mad king yeah that would have been fine yeah but just the way they did in the show where between like three episodes she's like (laughs) goes from being one of the main protagonists to being like comically evil was a little stupid agreed yeah and also sorry go ahead no you go i don't feel good about the way the john snow and white walker storyline ended up I will say I don't even really remember how it ended up, so that's not a good sign. It's that um, Arya kills the Night King, and Jon Snow uh, doesn't really do anything. Yeah, she has some cool jump and stabs him or something. Which, again, I think if that happens in the books, that would be fine. They'd probably like explain it better or write it better. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, do you, okay, if, let's just say there's a surprise, and this year both books are released, and you don't know, like, you don't know what their reviews are or anything. Would you still want to read them? I'd read them, yeah. Yeah. I'd probably have to read the summary of the first five books, so I don't remember yeah. any of the differences, and, like, the memory of the series is just the show in my head right now. Yeah, it's true. I there's gonna read... be apparently there's gonna be a, a sequel show called Snow about Jon Snow. Oh, that sounds so dumb. Like, what's life like after? What else like could there be in the North? Yeah, I don't know. How can you raise the stakes higher? Did you see Dance of Dragons? No, I haven't watched House it. of the Dragon. Have you? Actually, pretty good. That's what I heard. I just. I'm not, I think I have a bad taste in my mouth from the whole thing. And I'm like, that's what a lot of my friends have said. I know what it's going to be. It's going to be the same thing as Game Game of Thrones. I don't know. That might be not true, but it feels like the tone is the same. The tone is the same, but it's, it's like a, a more narrow story. Matt Smith is in it. He's pretty good. I heard he's good. Yeah, I think you'd enjoy it. I think you just gotta forget about this, the the ending of Game of Thrones, and just enjoy it on its own terms. It's a good show. Yeah. Jumping back to Mistborn, which is your favorite book of the Era One? That's a really hard question. I don't know. <laughs> I like all of them. 
You uh, have to kill one of them. Uh, okay, I, here's why I would say each of them is my favorite. The third book is just like the most epic and like the most, you know, all, the biggest plot twists and like revelations. It's just an entire book of Sander lynching, yeah. Yeah, so that's awesome. Yeah. Book two has a lot of book two, you feel like you're in it. You're like the first book was great and you're just really it's a slower pace, but you're really like enjoying everything and the character development. And really good character good. development. Yeah. Yeah. And you do still get a huge payoff at the end of like massive twists. So book two is great. I mean it's slower, but you learn more. And book one plot wise was Felt like the tightest, kind of like it was a heist. They got the heist done. It opened up a huge other can of worms that they had to deal with. Um, but, uh, I don't know. It was like the thing that started it all. So I'm going to not pick. <laughs> what are you, what are you, what's your choice? Um, well, well of Ascension is my favorite. The second one? Second one, right? Yep. It's a good pick. I think it has the best twist of the series in that... Well, it has the best twists in that uh, Tensoon is actually imitating a different Chandra. Yeah. And, like, her the Chandra that she thought she was... Uh, had is dead. Yeah. Um, And the Luthadel, like, fighting at the end is good. Yeah. And then the the twist that like not selfishly using the power was the wrong thing to do yeah. was just yeah, really interesting. Amazing. And that Ruin was manipulating everything the whole time, like to yeah. get his to to free himself. He does a good job Sanderson does a good job with the shards of Adult was it Adam Elysium or something? Yeah, Adon- Adonalsium or Adon- Adonalsium. Uh, one Something. of those. The shards. The shards. Where they're like extremely powerful. Like, Ruin. It's like, how do you defeat this guy? He's a god. Same with like Odium. But the cool thing about them is they're. They are people, right? Like, they are human beings who are. Who take on this power. And so yeah. they're, they're flawed, right? Like, there are ways. To defeat them, there's yeah, like really same thing small with like opportunities. Odium in the Stormlight books, exactly. Which Odium actually, the original Odium, was killed. Yeah, he he died <laughs> in book four. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, whatever his name was, but that was cool. I think that's yeah. such a cool concept, right? That it's like this all-powerful god, but they're. I mean, it's kind of like Greek gods, right? Where it's like they're super powerful, but they have flaws and like hubris and prop you know whatever their character flaws are yeah yeah i think it's just a this is a really interesting introduction to cosmere stuff and definitely his uh, second best series yeah can i add one more cool thing just thinking about the gods i liked it was cool the concept that so why was ruin trapped Right. Actually, he had a deal. Why was he imprisoned by 
by preservation. And oh, the answer yeah, is, you said, remember, they had a deal to create the world and then Ruin would destroy it. And actually, preservation screwed him in the deal. <laughs> yeah. So the good god actually screwed the bad god uh, out of the deal they always had together. I thought that was also interesting. Yeah, and the idea that humans are creations of preservation and ruin together, is that right? Or... Yes, that's right, that's right. Yeah, just a lot of interesting big concepts. Yeah. Jumping a little bit into the uh, into the metal um, magic systems, if you had to be a... If you had to pick one power, which would you want? Wait, let me pull them up. You, you can't be you can't be a mistborn. You can only be a misting. Okay. Or ferrochemically, you can only have one of them. So Alamancy seems cooler than for well, Ferrochemy is cool, but it's I yeah. Okay, there are just to nerd out again. It's cool that Alamancy you draw the power out of a metal. Like you get the power yeah. from a metal into your body. And Frukumi is the opposite. You take your normal capabilities and store it into a metal to be able to have a supercharged version of it later. Yeah. Uh, so naturally, Alamancy seems cooler because you don't have to like take so much of the cost, right? It's like instant gratification. Yeah. Uh, I feel like Pewter. Pewter would be cool. Because you're super strong, it helps you recover from injuries. Mm-hmm. Mm. Honestly, the pushing and pulling are cool, but you kind of need... They're cooler when you have both together and not just one, right? Yeah. Because otherwise you're just a coin shot. Yeah. What do you think? I don't know. Actually, before I asked this question, I hadn't thought about it at all. Yeah. Um, I was initially going to say like being a soother, but then you're just constantly manipulating people. That's great, though. That could be very helpful, right? I liked, I liked Breeze's explanation of it, which is that everyone is constantly manipulating everyone all the time anyways. <laughs> right. And this is just like adding a little push to the normal manipulations <laughs> that people do. Like, that. like his justification for it made sense, but yeah. But then you then the counterpoint to that is that you never know if anyone likes you for actually yourself or if right. you're subtly manipulating them to like you. I maybe I would go with um. Well, I was gonna say ATM, but then it burns you, so fast. If you don't have ATM, it's useless. Also. I'm not really getting in a lot of fist fights on the reg, so I don't really need it. <laughs> okay, well, we know it will not be copper, which hides elementsy. That's the worst. I don't know. If in this hypothetical scenario there is a world where there are, yeah. where elementsy exists, it would probably be useful. It would be useful. Tin eye, that's it. Somewhat useful, right? That could be that could be useful Heightened actually. Senses. Yeah. Yeah, maybe I'd go Tenai. 
Okay. Or aluminum think... misting, and you'd never know if you had any powers. Oh. Yeah, that sucks. Do you think that... What do you like better? The magic from Mistborn or Stormlight? And as I say I, that, I don't I, even... You have really to remind remember. me what the magic for Stormlight <laughs> is. Uh, there's, like, the different... It's... You draw on the Stormlight, right? You, like, get it out of an orb... And then, like, Kaladin hit... Oh, I think you have, like, a major and minor power, which we find out. So you he, like, he can, like, fly. or Well, he can fly, but it's really he can change gravity for himself. Like, he can flip gravity so that he's, like, oh. going the other way, right? Okay. Uh, honestly, I don't even... I don't really remember. Surge I think, binding, I think that's what it's called. Surge binding, right, right. And then there's void bi- binding, which is what the void bringers can use. The evil magic. So he always has like a good magic system and a ev- corresponding evil magic system. I think it's that each shard has its own magic system. And oh, is that what it is? It says like cultivation. Remember, it's like the old, they call it the old magic. Um, oh yeah, and Lift in Stormlight books has like slightly different powers because her powers yes. are from cultivation. Yes. Interesting. Because she doesn't need Stormlight, she just eats things. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh... So then Ruin's powers are... Like Ruin's magic system is Hemallergy. Preservations is Allomancy and Farrakhemi. Yeah, I don't know where fer- Farrakhemi comes in. Maybe it's, I mean, if like you were saying, Allomancy and Farrakhemi are sort of flip sides of each other, where one, you draw on the metal, and two, you draw into the metal. Right. So that would be preservation, that would make sense. I think the metals are preservation's body, right? The ones except Atheon, I guess. Oh, is that what it is? I think so. Then why do metals exist in the other universes? I don't know. You're not supposed to ask that question. <laughs> okay, so I'm trying like to any, remind myself. Like anything, if you think about it too much, it doesn't. It, it breaks apart. So you just got to yeah. go for the ride. Okay, so if you remember in Stormlight, the metal is like a circle, and you, you're like you're in a category, and you get each of the magics on each side of your category. So like Kaladin is a wind runner, so he gets gravitation and he also gets adhesion, which means he can like stick you to something or Oh yeah, like... yeah yeah. So and then Yeah I, honestly I don't really remember a lot of this. See, that's why, even though they're so big, it's been like five years since I've read the first three books. I should probably reread them before book five comes out. Yeah, when is that coming out? Um, I think tail end of 2024, maybe. Okay. Maybe 2025. That'll give me just enough time to reread the first four. Oh my god. Forget it. If it's 2023, I have no shot. 
Here, I got it. Stormlight. 2024. Okay. It may be doable. Yeah. We'll see. Um, anything else you wanted to mention about Mistborn? I don't think so. Maybe okay, I think read Era 2 and then we should do a, an Era 2 episode. I'm down. One you said of, you finished I, the third it, one? I finished the second one, but I was spoiled. Oh, I knew. I was, yeah, I, I knew. Yeah. I knew from something I read about in Stormlight. Oh. So I don't... Yeah. So that's why it's very it's a very dangerous uh, All right, thing to... I'm not going to look at anything else. Yeah. And also, Era 2 just finished because the book four of Era 2 just, just came, came out, out a couple months ago. Yeah. So it's a good time to read it. Yeah. Um, if you had to combine any two... No, we sort of already talked. About we should. That. We should. Have done if, you it. <laughs> if you had to combine any two powers, what would they be? I would do push and pull, because then you could have a bunch of coins and fly everywhere. Yeah, that makes sense. I would do. Pewter and ATM, because then if I am a oh. pewter arm, I'm probably getting into a lot of fights. Hell yeah. Undefeatable. Yeah. All right, and then any recommendations? Oh, geez. I forgot. <laughs> Serious um, recommendations of somewhat importance? You want to go first? Sure. I. Uh, we just started this show the other day called Poker Face. Hmm. It is a series by the guy, uh, Rian Johnson, who made Knives Out and Glass Onion. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I'm not sure if it's like a mini series or like a, supposed to be like a longer term series, but it's pretty good, actually. The premise is... Oh, this, we just watched... Um... First episode of Russian Doll, which has the same actress. Yeah, it has, I think, Natasha Leon. Yeah. Yeah, so she's the main actress in this. And um, the premise is that she is basically a human lie detector. And then they're like mystery things. Oh, that sounds cool. Yeah. Um, oh, damn, there's a lot of cool actors in this. So... I can't remember if you've done this one before. I know it was one of your end of year recommendations. But um because of because it was an end of year recommendation, we watched Severance. And that was really good. We enjoyed it a lot. Um Yeah, that was a fun show. I initially was kind of expecting it just to be a one season thing, because I was like, I just don't know how they're gonna continue this. I still don't really know how they're going to continue it, but, but yeah, the man, last, that episode, last was episode cool. That was yeah. amazing. That was one of the most tense episodes of anything I've watched in a long time. Yeah, it's a weird like the show is tense and kind of yeah, you feel a little weird. It never gets like too crazy though. It's just like that constant level of tension. Yeah, for the most part, I would 
I would say. Yeah, I agree. Well, both great shows. You should check them out. Yeah. And thanks for listening and uh, tune in next week. For Mistborn Era 2. <laughs> I, think, I think that'll be a few months away at least. We'll see. Thank you.